three, two, one. Trump announced his bid for presidency about last November, and Ron DeSantis announced today. But will either of them be able to right this ship in America and also unite the country behind them in order to secure the White House? Also, from Target to the classroom, leftists are pushing sexuality and alternative sexual lifestyles onto our children. Also, this week, an unhinged Hunter College professor in New York yelled curse words at pro-life students and then pushed the items that that were on their informational table onto the floor. And lastly, liberals also are attacking Tim Scott for not subscribing to the victim mentality that they push on Black Americans. We're going to talk about all of that and more next. They call it faith because in the face of darkness, you can see that brighter future. A faith that our best days lay ahead of us. But is it worth the fight? Do I have the courage? Is it worth the sacrifice? America has been worth it every single time. All right. Hello. It's Wednesday and it's time for Pop and Politics. We are talking about the latest in hot topics, news and entertainment. I'm KJ and let me introduce you to my co-hosts. We have Shelly E, Yana and T. T is back from vacation. All right. Join the conversation by leaving a comment on YouTube, uh, Twitter or Facebook. We will check the comments periodically throughout the show. And don't just comment, subscribe. Subscribe to our social media so you always know when we post new content. Also, if you like independent media and want to support what we do, donate. Any amount is appreciated. You can check us out on our website at www.popandpoliticslive.com for up-to-date information. Again, we are a necessary voice in news and entertainment. All right, ladies, let's set it off. So we are starting out with the breaking news today. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis officially launched his 2024 campaign during Twitter Spaces interview with Elon Musk earlier today. Uh, I don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing. The whole thing kind of broke down Twitter. I think so many people were trying to get on uh, that I believe the system crashed. Uh, For those of you who don't know, DeSantis is just 44 years old. Uh, He's excelled in academics and athletics growing up, played baseball at Yale, uh, graduated from Harvard Law School with a law degree. Also, he joined the Navy as a JAG officer, deployed to Iraq uh, as an advisor to the U.S. Navy SEALs. Uh, So, Want to get you guys' first response to this. I believe he has an interview coming on later tonight if it hasn't come on already on Fox, but he launched on Twitter. What are you what are your thoughts? I want to start with you, Shelly. Well, my hat's off to the race. It's about to get nasty. Nasty boys don't mean a thing, but I'm all for it. Uh look, I love his uh his tagline. America is worth it every single time. I 
and for it. All right. I want to get your thoughts, Yana. Um, he came out, you know, the song said he was a fighter. Uh, and he seems like he's been fighting for the right. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? I'm excited. I, I actually, I do trust him. I think he's been very consistent when it comes to Florida and defending the freedom uh, in Florida. He stood against, uh, you know, big pharma over there and he stood against uh, some of the propaganda that is being uh, fed to children. So I do trust him and I think it's, it's a good thing. I want to see more. All right. Want to get your thoughts, T. You are a Florida native. Um, you know, I talked to someone from Florida. Actually, we had Alexandra uh, Levine on the show a couple months ago. Her and I had a friendly wager. She was saying, she's also a Florida native, that he wasn't going to run. Uh, I said he was. And uh, I sent her a message today after he officially announced. And she said Floridians are upset. What are your thoughts? He is the number one hated guy in Florida, especially among the Democrats, especially among liberals. They, if if they can find someone to get rid of him by any means necessary, I'm sure they would. But he, I only hear, or well, mostly hear bad things. Uh, they hate his, I've literally heard at least five times from five different people that they hate his guts. Wow. So I don't know how that's gonna play off at the end, but in the primary, um, I mean, who, we'll see. Yeah. But, you know, there are some, there are some um, people who are like, he's doing well down there. Um, but those are the independents. So. Yeah, well, that's who they, I mean, if he gets through the primary, and that's a big if, uh, that's who he needs to woo. But let's talk yeah. about some of his accomplishments. I mean, uh, due to, I mean, based on his numbers, his overwhelming popularity in the state, he won last year with a 19-point blowout uh, during his election. The state legislature largely uh, does what he implements and implemented his agenda, really. And just to go through a couple of those things, protecting Florida's children from permanent mutilating surgical procedures, gender identity, politics in school. I mean, he prohibited institutions from spending federal dollars or state dollars on discriminatory initiatives, DEI. Uh, he's banned federally adopted central bank digital currency by excluding it from the definition of money within Florida's uniform uh, code. He's even cracked down on Chinese Communist Party by influence in the state by banning their ability to purchase agricultural land uh, and land near military bases. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, and Florida right now is really at the top of most lists as far as the state is concerned, as far as jobs. He kept schools open. The education system is flourishing compared to other educational systems that closed during COVID. So, yeah, Florida's at the top. Florida's also at the top of the list for politicians like AOC and the NAACP um, uh, chairman who lived there and visited there during the lockdowns. I am all for this primary. I'm excited about this Republican primary, but I have to say, I don't think I am ready for the nastiness that's going to come between 
these two. Oh, he's um, already started. Trump stays ready. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I don't. I'm not looking forward to that. I know it's going to. It's inevitable. But but again, I'm excited about this whole primary season. DeSantis is doing what conservatives should should be doing. Conservatism at large should be doing. And I think the people, maybe some of the people in Florida are upset because the conservatives say if he does get elected, that means he's going to leave Florida and who they're going to replace him with. Yeah, that's definitely um, out there, you know, to Trump, you know, as some of you mentioned, you know, has been hitting him hard over the last couple of months. Um, He's been kind of using some of the Democrat talking points. Uh, He sent out um, an MSNBC readout blog with the excerpt, Ron DeSantis, D.C. charm offensive was a massive failure, Florida's governor. So He's been using some of that stuff, you know, after a couple, after years and years of saying CNN was fake news, he decided to do a town hall on CNN. Um, you know, some of the things he's been doing is kind of from the leftist playbook using leftist propaganda. Wasn't so there some agreement that Trump had with DeSantis that DeSantis wasn't going to run originally? I don't know if there was an agreement per se. I mean, I've heard that he, you know, Trump has been pretty vocal about he feels like DeSantis is not loyal. Did not run. So yeah. He was not loyal for deciding to run. But I look at it. How like, so? Like, what does that really mean? It not means because Trump, because Trump was a large supporter of him and getting him into office in the first place. So Trump looks at it almost as a well, not almost as a betrayal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, but don't do, shouldn't we think about the country and not the whatever's oh. happening in between them? We're like, talking politics here. This is politics. Yeah, so exactly. there was a little bit of, of self uh, <laughs> selfishness, so to speak, here. Um, but as far as Florida, going back to DeSantis, um, I think one of the main things that they hated about him is he was okay and doing okay, especially when he did the things for the fathers. But when he tried to ban the African-American studies or the AP um, history and African-American studies, that's when they tried to really start hating him. So, yeah, we're going to talk about that because, um, if that, uh, so <laughs> we're going to talk, we're going to get into that a little bit later and go through that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of lies. People, I, I encourage people to actually read the, the actual, uh, um, class because that's out there if you Google it and read the actual classroom document, uh, the curriculum that they had. It was very little African-American studies, and it was a lot of black queer studies, which is propaganda. So it, it was nothing that they were saying it was going to be. He didn't deny it. He said, put, he, he told them, he referred them back and said, fix it. Take out all this queer Marxism and make it an African-American studies course. Um, so no, no, uh, you know, no. I, I don't have any problem with that. No issue for me he, there. But you guys know, I mean, I'm going. I'm a pretty open book. I am DeSantis all the way. Um, I make no, no, uh, I, I have no issue saying that. Uh, I think he's the forward. We need to move the country forward. We will have t- an 80-year-old plus man in Biden running. And if Trump is the nominee, it'll be two old guys running against each other. Uh, so I think we need somebody new. I love the ad. He was a fighter for us during the pandemic, a fighter against Fauci, a fighter against the left and their educational uh, uh, sexualization of our children. 
and I need we need a fighter against Biden. And yeah, I, I do want to add. I do want to add. Again, I, I've said before, I voted for Trump Trump twice, and I'm going to support the Republican nominee, hands down. That's not even a question. Um, I do have some concerns that DeSantis comes off at least as a typical establishment Republican. Again, his policies in Florida, I'm for them. I'm talking about his persona, and I think he does appeal to the establishment base of the party as a MAGA uh, part of the party, he needs to, I think, step it up. He needs to come out fighting nationally, and he has to win the popular, the popular vote across the country. So I'm not anti-DeSantis. I'm just saying these are some of the hurdles he's going to have well, to. That's what I hear a lot of Republicans say. But what do you mean uh, he is? Uh, he he's not. He he can't he across his establishment. What does has he yeah. taken that were established? Yeah, I'm talking about his persona. He does not, he does not, he has to come out hard. He has to come out not just pleasing the establishment base of the party. Again, what he's done in Florida, I'm all for it. I support that. But he, he needs to make the, the, he has to win over the MAGA Trump supporters. He's not going to win with just the establishment uh, Republicans. He's not going to win with that. So he has yeah. to win those uh, MAGA Trump supporters supporters as well. And so how does he do that? That's why he has campaign. He gets paid the bucks. I don't. I think by him really going to going to Trump and say, hey, this is what we need to do, brother. We need to work together. We need to make oh. this happen and win Florida first. <laughs> and then we got the rest of the nation and we can win Florida. Because right now, purple's, uh, Florida's pretty purple. What um, are you talking about? No, it's Florida. not. Florida has become pretty purple. It was, it was blue, actually. It was blue, first. It was blue. In, the, in the last election. The fact that, little, the fact that Andrew okay. Gillum, as the governor, actually almost won that state, it turned a little bit purple. It's a little well, more red. It still has a lot of purple. It has the potential to go back purple. It's like it's like on a on a, a, a precipice, if you will. It well, can go one way. Miami Dade. I think he was the first Republican to actually sweep Miami Dade County. That's Miami, which is Uber. Miami is not Florida. There's a whole. There are all these other cities in Florida right. <laughs> that you have to account for. Yeah, Florida, I don't know about that. We have to look in the numbers. But based on the last election, I mean, Republicans sweet pretty much. They own both pandemic. What does it look like winning Florida? So, like, if you were in Florida, you, ha you know people in Florida, what would make them support uh, this candidate? I think he was on the right track when he was... Um, supporting these bills, passing these bills to um, advocate for fathers or to help the fathers. That is an untapped market that I think that the Republicans in general should be tapping into um, when it comes to custody cases and something le for, from legislator, legislative that can help fathers. That's an untapped market personally. But um, yeah, he's he's been doing that. Well, we'll see. We'll definitely continue to follow the election. It's, now it's heating up. So uh, and it's only going to get um, hotter. So keep us stay tuned. Continue to watch here. We again, we are pop and politics every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. 
uh, subscribe and hit that notifications bell so you always know when we post new content. All right. Uh, and we're on, uh, we have a podcast also. You can also listen to us on your drive or while you're in the shower or wherever you do a uh, podcast. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So you can download us there at Pop and Politics. All right. So we are moving right along to our next topic. Take a look at this. This is clip number two uh, on The View. So we chose these two because it's Mother's Day coming up. Stella Brings the Family. Um, this is by Miriam B. Schiffer. And this book is about a girl with two dads who wonders why she's not invited to a Mother's Day party. Hmm. I know. This one's called Mother Bruce. This one is about a male bear who adopts some baby geese who think that he's his mother. <laughs> and he is. Pretty harmless stuff, right? Yeah. Well, not according to the Moms for Liberty. Uh, who contacted the superintendent of the school board, which they were doing it at the Alpine Crest Elementary School in Tennessee, uh, to show, to have inclusiveness, that there are children out there who don't have two uh, parents, who don't come from right. a nuclear family, who have two dads, et cetera. You know the root. And But this group didn't like it. They said that it promoted a homosexual agenda. All right. Uh, so that was the view. Uh, again, they uh, have a episode or a segment on the show called Joy's Band Book Club. So she was talking uh, during that segment. Uh, and in these two books, they're saying that were banned, which we'll get into. Um, but I want to get your thoughts on that, Shelly. You actually uh, read the book, one of them, right? Okay. So, yes, well, I read the book. I actually read it. Uh, Shelly, I'm sorry, Shelly. <laughs> Stella brings the family, right? Stella brings the family. I read it. It takes all of 10 minutes or less, give or take. It's a very cute book. It has, a, you know, a lot of the, uh, the childlike artistic pictures and things like that. But let me correct Joy as we seem to correct the view every week. So I don't know if she's lying or she's purposefully misleading, but the little girl was not uninvited to bring to the Mother's Day party. That is not true. Okay. okay. The little girl, they were having a Mother's Day party or inviting the moms to school. And Stella, the little girl, was upset and kind of anxious because she has two dads. She was not uninvited. The teacher did not say you cannot come to the party without your mom. The students were not, her classmates were not mocking her, saying, you don't have a mom, Nana, you can't come. What the class did, her classmates, they all got together and said, Stella, well, why don't you bring your whole family? Because Stella named a few people that in her life that took care of her. Named her yes, she has two fathers in the book, but she named, I think, an aunt, an uncle, another relative that she all loved. And they were all invited to come to Mother's Day. The problem the problem that some people have is that the book is not so much that Stella has two dads, is that the book makes men mothers, and they're not. Women are mothers, and men are fathers. So that's why that's where the problem comes, that they are equating dads as moms or moms as dads, that there are no distinctions. But the little girl was not uninvited or disinvited. Joy... You are like the view seems to do every week. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, well, as we know, this was one of the books that was that they had removed from the library. Now, it wasn't banned. You know, a, a ban is something that they do in Iraq or some of these Middle Eastern countries where they prohibit the sale of these types of books. And if you're caught purchasing them, you are actually uh, jailed. That's a ban. Exactly. These were just removed from libraries. What, what are your thoughts there, Yana? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. I mean, she's exaggerating. That's a very typical tactic of the left. So she exaggerated that it's banned, like it's banned in the whole country and you cannot even buy it if you really want to. And also what uh, Shelley said that she completely uh, miss even represented what what happened, what happens in this book uh, to make it the, you know, so that's, you know, just not being honest. Mm -hmm. And I mean, but in my opinion, if uh, it is still promoting homosexual behavior, so in my opinion, it, it should not be in, in the classroom. If the parent wants it, then they can they can buy this book, they can read it to their kid, but it should not be given to the kids, let's say without parental consent. Not every parent would be okay with a teacher, you know, picking this book from the shelf and reading to, to the classroom. So no, they should, if uh, if the parents do not, it's it's a controversial topic. So that should be first uh, discussed with the parent if uh, they they can even look at the book like this. Yeah, what are your thoughts there, T? Uh, do you think this book should have been removed as it was? Oh, most definitely, it should have been removed. I think they're so focused on being in inclusive for everyone's being inclusive. They're going away from the family structure. <laughs> Like, you can't have two dads. You can't have two moms. I mean, even biologically. So they, it's not even making sense. They've gone away from sense and logic and reason just to make people feel good. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And kids, the thing about what, what the issue is, yes, there are many different families. There are many dysfunctional families. Should we be promoting and uh, reading kids all these novels and whatever stories about dysfunctional families just because they exist? No, especially little children, they should be given their ideal. They should be given what we should strive for because there's so much disorder already in the children's lives. They have to, for example, in my life, I had a lot of disorder in my life when I was a teenager. Uh, my parents were divorced, uh, you know, I had, little communication with uh, one of my parents uh, and it was just so much chaos and where did i get uh some of the guidance was from classical literature from some of the books that actually describe uh what the life should be and mm -hmm. if these kids cannot even get it from the books they'll be completely screwed up there's so many basic things that children need to be learning at this age. Anyway, what uh, what grade is this book um, to? I'm, I'm assuming elementary. Kindergarten to first, maybe second Yeah, grade. there's so many other things that the children need to be learning at this exactly. point in their lives than exactly. somebody with two moms and not being in, or two dads and not being invited to a school or whatever the book is. Like, yeah, I don't understand why they... I don't remember reading a book that was specifically about you know, what is a parent or what is a mom? What is a dad? That young. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, 
we would you you got introduced to different types of homes maybe in middle school um but nothing this young where the actual topic is trying to teach them that there are different types of families i mean i don't believe gender the gender topic is one that does it does it, i don't believe it belongs in k through 12 classrooms it's an ideology being pushed on the children uh, at the expense of the family, as, as I think T or Yana said. So I just don't believe it should be done. And we it's have another- grooming. That is, this is part of grooming. Because yeah, at this absolutely. stage, yes. this, this stage in their lives, the, the kids are not thinking like, well, they were like a sexual being. They're not at this point. They are just learning their surroundings and whatever you tell them, they will be convinced. Yep. So right. uh, they, and they're learning what the, how the society operates. Yep. So they do not want, so the people who produce books like this, the people who promote books like this, they want the kid to break that um, idea in the society that you know, there has to be a man and a woman for, for marriage or for family. So they, of course, the best thing is to introduce that early. And so then in the, the kid uh, will develop this uh, idea that, oh, it doesn't matter. It could yeah. be a man and man, a woman and woman. And so uh, that, that's the goal, to introduce it this early. Yeah, I mean, well, one can... of the things I noticed, I also want to point out that I noticed that even as Stella, she's thinking about, you know, I don't have a mom, everybody else does, or, you know, I, I'm, she notices that she's different, but they don't address that. She notices even, and young young kids notice if they are different, they don't have a mom or a dad, but they, mm -hmm. they gloss over that. I don't even, I wouldn't say gloss over. They don't even address the fact that innately she knows that she's different because she does not have a mom and everyone mm -hmm. else does, but they, mm -hmm. that, they don't deal with that. Yeah. Yeah, we have another clip here. Before we go there, I, I do need to uh, shout out our super chatter here, uh, the Fraser Factor. He says, let's make this show national. Yes. Yes. This is what we need. We need this on the national stage to push back against the leftist media who have monopolized all of it. So um, certainly if you guys can share, share, share and subscribe, we want to make us national. Uh, so thank you for um, for that, the Fraser Factor. All right, so we want I want to play this clip. Clip. This is view clip number three. You know, I think that Moms of Liberty is a hot topic that we should talk about. Go ahead. They say that that they are sort of descendants, in a way, of the Daughters of the Confederacy, mm -hmm. and they're doing this all across the country. They're sort of. Uh, uh, erasing, it's like a paper genocide. They're erasing black history, they're erasing uh, Hispanic history, they're erasing the LGBTQ plus community, and they're doing it as under the rubric of I'm a mom and I want parental rights. And, and, and that's something that people really, really need to read up on. Have they lost their minds? These women are liars. They are liars. First of all, first of all, we gotta break this down. Okay, first of all, Moms for Liberty is nothing has nothing to do with Daughters of the Confederacy. Okay, Daughters of the Confederacy is an American neo-Confederate heterotary association for female descendants of the Confederate Civil War. So it that has nothing to do with Moms for Liberty. I am a mom for liberty, okay? 
I am a mom for liberty. I have gone to their meetings here in Maryland. I love them. They are of a wealth of knowledge and they specifically are for fighting for parental rights. It was started by two moms who were former school board members and they were witnessing how short-sighted and destructive policies directly hurt our children and families. So they decided to do something about it. So they are lying. They're lying. And you can go right to their website, Moms for Liberty, and they and you can see exactly what they're all about. Now, um, I want to tell you guys what they're all about before we get into it, because this is I actually testified uh, in front of a school board. Uh, and we have this video on our website. This is a clip. This was the book. It was called Push by Sapphire. This is the type of stuff that us Moms for Liberty fight against. Take a look. I'm here today simply asking that sexually explicit, vulgar, and or obscene materials not be available within our public schools, where parents have diminished control of what our children can access or read. Now, this book uh, mentions the N-word 22 times. Uh, it mentions the F-word uh, also in this book 83 times. Um, you know, the prior speaker talked about a, a learning environment for our children and talked about some of the things that our kids are experiencing socially, uh, educationally. And to me, this book does not add to that or should be appropriate in a learning environment. I want to read just a small snippet of what this book, again, it's Push by Sapphire, uh, has. It's page 72 says here, um, I don't fucks boys, but I pregnant. I'm pregnant. My father fuck me, and she know it. She kick me in my head when I'm pregnant. I think my daddy, he stink. The white shit drip off his dick. Lick it, lick it. I hate that. But then I feel the hot sauce, hot cha-cha feeling when he be fucking me. I get so confused. I hate him, but my pussy be popping. He say that, Biff Mama, your pussy is popping. I hate myself when I feel good. So again, I I do not understand what uh, capacity this is or would be in our children's, our boys and girls, high schools, library. I don't understand the function of it. I don't understand how this would assist or help our children in any social or educational environment. So that is a book that is in, I believe, about 40 high schools in uh, an area called Baltimore County here in Maryland. This is what Moms for Liberty is fighting against all over the country. Thoughts, ladies. I, I want to start. Yeah, that, um, let's talk about Sunny, uh, whatever her name, Sunny Hostin. First of all, as a parent, she should know and want, and I know that she wants to keep her parental rights. Her sons may be adults now, but I know damn well she didn't give up her parental rights. And I want to know, you want to know why? Her children were in protected environments and secure, whatever. They were not exposed to this. I'm sure she made sure of that, but it's okay for them, their ilk, to push this crap 
on other people's children in public schools, no less, where, where parents have, like you said, diminished control over the curriculum. We're not standing for it. If you want to call Moms for Liberty or any other mom, uh, a daughter of the Confederacy, a daughter of the American Revolution, guess what? We are the revolution. You're right. You're right. I, I just don't understand. And you notice the things that Sonny called out. Black people, Hispanics, LGBTQ, LMNOP. They are calling these people out to tag, tug on their emotions. And first of all, they didn't say the fact that everyone else is trying to get rid of women. They're trying to get rid of this, get rid of that. But yeah, y'all are trying to get rid of women. And so that's where we need to start. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yana, what are your thoughts here? I, I mean, is this, are we, are we insane for one of these books removed from schools? I mean, there should be a disclaimer on this book, even if it's somewhere, even if it's sold anywhere, if, if you find it in the, in the bookstore somewhere, it has to be like tucked away somewhere in the adult section. Uh, this is, uh, this is, absolute pornography this is something that uh you know back in the day somebody would have to like really dig for if they wanted you know to find something like that uh and it would not be allowed like any any parent if they saw their kid reading something like that i think i mean that would be any normal parent they would be infuriated so i mean that is it breaks my heart because i i work with kids and i see how innocent they are Mm -hmm. They do not need this. You know, this is uh, this is what's going to destroy them and is being introduced earlier and earlier. So I, it really breaks my heart. I mean, if we have room on the curriculums to add something, how about just put cursive writing back on the curriculum? We don't have to put these other types of things in there. If we have space for children to learn anything that they need to learn for their lives. <laughs> to be productive. But this is again, it's destroying, it's to destroy society, it's to destroy future generations and to completely control, uh, like, control well, and have them lose sense of normalcy, of reality, of what life should be. And then at that point, they, they're malleable, they can be controlled, they can be manipulated. So, like I was, I always say this, this is still, still part of this crazy marxist socialist agenda to uh change the society and of course you know they have monopoly on education right now that mm -hmm. is the scary part and yeah. we've been we've been right so far so people really need to listen to us we're not just saying these things just to say it and and we were talking offline a couple days ago personally the most important issue for me in this 2024 election is gender ideology. That is the most important issue for me. And let me tell you why, because everything extends from it. The breakdown of the family, the way they are trying to get rid of gender roles, that breaks down the family, the over -sex the sexualization of children. Again, the, the con constant uh, attack on gender and the way uh, children view their parents and the family unit. All of that extends from this I, these gender ideologies. And it is the number one issue for me as a mother, as a woman in 2024. And that is why I am supporting DeSantis because he has stood up for it time and time again. 
he has shown that he is for parental rights. He is against this indoctrination of our children. And this is why he has my vote in 2024. This is why. That is the number one issue for me. And uh, and I think people really need to take a look at it because whether you're left or right, it affects us. It affects our kids. Leave our children alone. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. And the Supreme Court has already settled that obscene material is not protected by the Constitution, but left the definition of what is obscene to individual states based on different characteristics. And so what has happened is most of these states, uh, I think I have some information here, according to the law, uh, law review here, uh, Liberty University Law Review, they say here um, most of these states have enacted exemptions to the prohibition against dissemination of obscene or indecent materials. So really all these Moms for Liberty and other parental groups are saying, take a second look at these items, have some type of panel or and, and include parents in the discussion on vetting these books in our children's schools. That's it. There's it's no okay. It depends on what parents, because some of them, they've gotten a lot of these parents already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, there, this is going to differ across the country. You know, every community is different. Um, so, but parents need to be involved in the conversation. And it looks like the left is trying to exclude them. We saw this last week, Corinne Jean-Pierre made a comment saying uh, the children belong to all of us. You know, Yana, you've talked about how this is kind of a right along that Marxist uh, it is a Marxist oh, philosophy, and and she's a Marxist. I mean, it's it's clear that she's a Marxist, and uh, her lifestyle shows that. Uh, everything she says shows that. Uh, they're actually what's uh, interesting historically. Marxists have been trying to infiltrate the United States for a couple uh, hundred years, like since the 1800s, uh, when it first came out. There was a something called a Oneida community back in like 1860s, where people lived, I think it was in New York, and they lived in the community uh, that had group marriages. So basically it was a polyamorous community back in 1860s. And the children were being shared. They, they, they were not supposed to even know who who the father of the child is because they were all you know intermingling. And so that is considered an, a utopia uh, for the Marxists. That's what they want the whole world to be like. Yeah, we can see that. I mean, and again, I have no issue with uh, people who wanted to live their lives and, and do things, you know, the way they want to do it. But we are, we went down a slippery slope when we started this, this, this love is love. Because now when you go down that narrative, love is love. And, uh, you know, I love who I love and all you enter into the polyamorous lifestyle. Because if you say love is love and I need to, I should be able to free to love and marry whomever I want. You should be free and to marry how many people you want, yeah. you know? And so 
it's a very slippery slope. We kind of opened that Pandora's box now, and there's no way to close it back. Definitely. And, and the one thing is that children are involved in this. Like, when, right. of course, yes, adults uh, can do, you know, they have a right to live their private lives how they want to live, but adults want to have children. So they end up, you know, either having children physically or they're adopting children, and then they're introducing that same lifestyle into uh, the kids' uh, lives. And what we have seen, all these celebrities that live an alternative lifestyle, their kids, somehow all of them are like non-binary and uh, uh, bisexual and all of that. Like, how is that not uh, nurture? Like the, the different, right. you know, the whole- Oh, it, uh, well, it is, it is nurture. And again, I, I, I've, said, I've said this many times and I'll say it again. Um, I make distinctions between adults and children. I don't care what adults do, but when you introduce children into it, there are there needs to be some boundaries, number one. Number two, you do not have the right to, um, I guess, impose, if you will, like the left like to use that word, impose your perverted values on someone else's children. You don't have that right. So again, this is America. As you all mentioned, this is not Russia. We are not a communist state. Uh, at least I hope we're still not. But um, but nevertheless, we adults do what you want, but just don't include the children in this. I know some I people, I know that might I just gotta funny. say Russia is not a communist state. Not anymore. It isn't. You're right. I think and, and we gotta we have to look at the path here. They've started or moved away from targeting um, removing fathers away from the families. And now that the fathers aren't in the families, now they're like, okay, now we have a chance to grab your children and take your children. And there's, this is, have to have always been the agenda. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's so not a new on, thing. I, I move on, but I tell you, I just want to ask you, and I'm not putting you on the spot, believe you. I, I keep coming to this question, right? We talk about the fathers when they left the home for whatever reason. They left the home, you know, single parent, single moms, things like that. But I keep coming to this question. Why did the fathers leave? There, there's blame to go all around. Don't get me wrong. I'm just I'm not saying you have an answer. But that question keeps coming to my mind. Why did the fathers leave? There's so many answers to that. We, we've we've discussed this topic a few times. So you should have at least some answers now, because I mean, at times, who wants to deal with women who are trying to make their lives literal hell? Yeah, I hear that. Men, I, men aren't women. We men know, and women agree, aren't the same. I agree, and I think so that's they're not gonna. I think that's part of it. But one answer, I'm going to use Dr. Laura's answer. And I, I'm getting, I'm borrowing her response is that as adults, as adults, if you leave because you can't deal with the woman or whatever the situation, why would you leave an innocent young minor who has no control over it? You're going to leave that person exposed 100% of the time to that unruly person. Again, I know that doesn't mean that they're abusive to the children. It just means that there's some confliction. Well, but you couldn't say I agree just, with Shelly because what yeah. if it's all the way around and the child is with the father and uh, you know they have a difficult relationship and the father is a difficult person do you think it would be okay for them like wouldn't you think the mother would do anything to try to see their kid yeah, I'm sure I'm sure and, speaking, so, yes. and I'm sure I mean, men would too we can go and say what if and the exceptions here exceptions there but I mean no probably not one single um, situation is the same but i mean so that means i don't have the answers but most times i would say that the system is set up against the fathers and we know that yeah i'm yeah. um, definitely something for us to talk about uh you know uh going forward but um 
I, I, I agree with, with, with Shelly there. I, I don't understand it. Um, I still don't understand that part. I still don't understand it. Even if the system is set up uh, to, to, you know, buy. It's always going to be a fight. And sometimes they don't want to fight. It still seems to me, um, some, a lot, there are a good portion of mothers who don't get the system involved. Um, and, you know, who don't Again. go through the system. So, but the men still leave. Like, if, if you know, we still have a situation where men are the breadwinners in most families, men still make more money than women across across the board. So you would think then that they should be the ones that are making the money. They should be the ones that own these homes or renting these apartments or what have you. And they still leave. They're leaving. They didn't stay. They left. All I mean, they it depends on what type of they chose. It, it, depends, it depends on what type of situations we're dealing with here. But I mean, these some of the times, some of the times, these people aren't married. So it's just sex. So you end up having a children with somebody, a child with somebody you just had sex with. But the and child, so, that's not the child's fault. It isn't, but we're, we're not dealing with the child. We're dealing with the, the actions of adults. So you yeah, but the children are going to suffer. The children are going to suffer if the father or the parents aren't together in general. Well, we have to move on. We do have to move on. But um, <laughs> that's something we can definitely talk about another time. We're moving on to the NAACP. So uh, this week, the NAACP Board of Directors issued a formal travel advisory for the state of Florida. The travel advisory, they see they're coming for DeSantis already. The travel advisor, advisory comes in direct response to Governor Ron DeSantis' aggressive attempts to erase Black history and to restrict diversity, equity, and inclusion programs in Florida schools. Uh, so that's basically what it said. The actual, and I'll quote from their website, Florida is openly hostile toward African-Americans, people of color, and of course, LGBTQ plus individuals. So before traveling to Florida, please understand that the state of Florida devalues and marginalizes the contributions of and the challenges faced by African Americans in other communities of color. This is what they're saying. <laughs> Shelly, are you afraid to go to Florida? No, but I am afraid to walk the streets of Chicago, Philadelphia, Baltimore, uh, St. Louis, Atlanta. I'm afraid to walk those streets, though. So, no, I'm not. I would not be afraid to fly to Florida or to go to Florida to visit. In fact, let me say this. I said this. We talked about the NAACP a couple of months ago, and I gave it a new acronym. It's the National Association for the Annihilation of, I said, I think I said colored people, but I'm going to change that. It's the annihilation of common sense people, okay? Mm. Because their policies are, are trying to, whatever they advocate now, it's really getting rid of common sense. Again, the NAACP, like other, all of these alphabet organizations, they are frauds and their policies will pulverize minorities, the communities that they are supposed to be supporting. The NAACP's, one of his, one of the chairmen's lives in Florida, if I'm not mistaken, right? The AOC, AOC flew to Florida during the pandemic, the scamdemic. Right. They are frauds. California had a ban, but I just read that they are lifting that ban if it's not already lifted to Florida because of the of the uh, lack of funds and research that they are, are they are prohibiting for people in California because they can't make these connections. They are frauds. It's all about money. 
nobody in Florida, black people are okay in Florida. They're not okay in the other cities where the NAACP should be advocating for the protection of black and colored people who are getting slaughtered every day. The NAACP does nothing. Where are they? Right. Nothing. Yeah, I want to take it to UT again. You know, uh, uh, you are native Floridian. Are you moving your family there in Florida to get out? I would definitely move my family to Florida, and it's it's a consideration, actually. I mean, yeah, all these people, all these dumbasses who are there and believe this, yes, please get out and leave some room for people with common sense. All of y'all need to pack up and leave. Go back to Africa wherever you want to go. I mean, where do you want to go here? Where are we going from here? But it's just, um, it's insane. Uh, first of all, NAACP, what are they even doing now? Like, are why are they even relevant? Who are they? Who are these people? So that they want to come out and and sing kumbaya and hold up the black fist when it's not even necessary. Like Shelly said, do something about these people who are killed black on black crime. Do something that really matters. Let me see you do that. Right. Yeah. And I leave mean, Florida alone. I mean. Yana, they, they're putting out a travel advisory to the whole state of Florida. Florida is not even one of the, it's not a state with any cities on the top 15 most dangerous cities in the country. First, they don't have a well, state. Saying, well, Florida is a state, but. No, but I'm saying like they have multiple Miami. states with right. cities on. Florida is not even on it. Yeah. Florida is not even, not Miami, not Jacksonville, nowhere. Not is Florida on this list to be the top most dangerous city. No city in Florida is on this list. It sounds to me like like they they're afraid that people will go there and will actually see that it's it's pretty good and that people you know that there's free there are freedoms in in Florida. So honestly, kind of reminiscent in my mind to like slave days when uh exactly. let's say the master was telling like oh no 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 don't don't go don't go there because you know this is dangerous you know they're hanging they're hanging us no. <laughs> that's basically what they say we're they're lynching us down there yeah but actually if you go there you know you might be free so but the the master is like no no don't don't go there yeah and people so many people have already moved there since the pandemic so, I mean, don't go there so that it's not as high. Like, rent and homes are higher now. So, yeah, y'all need to leave. If y'all want to leave, please leave. Don't go there. And we're talking about this. Um, so, apparently, DeSantis signed um, into law this week, let's be kids, let kids be kids package. So, it was a slew of bills designed to curtail LGBT overreach in Florida. Uh, so, you know, he actually is quoted as saying Florida represents a refuge of sanity and a citadel of normalcy. Uh, so the, the, the bills included, um, saying some things like gender clinicians openly promote, oh no, this is, um, this is some of the things that they're saying you can't do in Florida. So gender clinicians openly promote their cavalier attitude towards top surgery um, you know, drag queen strip and pole dance in front of audiences made up of children in some of these other states. You know, they're not having it. Not, this is common sense stuff not to do. The National Association for the Annihilation of Common Sense People. That's my new acronym for them. But look, the I think the bigger question is, 
why, 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 why does everything about Black people, in particular in this case, have to be watered down to LGBTQ community of Black people, whatever trans, DEI, Black people, they use us to dumb down as the, as the emblem of everything dumbed down, everything debased, everything that, that, that represents debauchery. We are not seen as anything serious as a group of people. Every, we are used for all of the low things in society. Yes. Well, it's to push the agenda that the black people, unfortunately, have been used to push these socialist agendas. Uh, even in the Soviet Union, it, it, they were teaching how oppressed uh, black Americans were, you know, during segregation it, to show that this is uh, an example of what a capitalist society. So uh, even in other parts of the world, in order to push some kind of agenda, when it has even there are no black people in that country, but black people are used as, uh, you know, some sort of uh, spokespeople for uh, for victims of, of oppression. So oh, now the new thing to push is the LGBT movement, and we got to put black people as the face of, of that movement. And and I think I hope that people will wake up to this and not, and not, would not want to be used like this. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and one thing they talk about is, you know, the, they said here that um, Ron DeSantis, Governor DeSantis, is making aggressive attempts to erase Black history. It's just not true. And they're talking about this African-American studies class. The class was filled with Black queer studies. I, I challenge you to look up the uh, the, the curriculum. Actually, right from the curriculum I have here, section 4.15 says intersectionality and activism, which is foundational to CRT. That's one subject. Section 419, queer studies. Section 429, BLM, which we know was a movement founded by queer and trans people. I mean, the, the list goes on. So these are all like the names of some of these subjects within this curriculum. It's not African-American studies, African-American histories. It is the study of how to be a queer activist. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this is why he said no to the, this, this, this uh, thing. And this is what they're doing. They're being deceptive where they try to say something is one thing and they get people riled all up and it's really not. So we, we have to continue to push back against this and get the truth out there. Get the truth out there. All right. Um, so again, continue to follow us, subscribe if you haven't done so already. Again, this we're Pop and Politics on YouTube. Hit that notifications bell so you always know when we post new content. We are moving right along to New York. So we're out of Florida and we're in New York talking specifically about a Manhattan College professor at Hunter College at CUNY, I believe. Uh, she flipped out on a group of students who set up an information table opposing abortion inside the school building, cursing and tossing their pamphlets. Here's a video of the interaction. Take a look. Away from my door. Get the away from my door. Let's let's get out of here. You can't do that.
There you have it. Who who is going to put an advisory on this bitch? Right, right. For now, I did, update. I did read that she was fired. The, the uh, City University of New York system did fire her, thankfully. Um, but interestingly enough, these are the people she told the, the students at that table that this is propaganda. No, it was not. They have a First Amendment right, just like you have a First Amendment right to disagree, but you don't have the right to destroy and vandalize. And this is a professor, no less. So you're supposed to, in a college setting, you're supposed to be able to debate and discuss, bring account points to whatever the topic is, right? But this woman is basically shutting down students from exercising because she disagrees with them, exercising their First Amendment right. Not only that, they were not lying. They were posting information about abortion, about the practice, what it looks like, what it actually does. Um, she She's crazy. And these are the people who are educating many of our young people because we're so college happy that we, we send them off and let their values values get uh, turned upside down yeah i mean yana the left can't be okay with this type of 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 of, of advances and things they, they can't be okay with this woman an adult basically clearing a table of the student did you see the students they they were shocked they were like we're just here we're just putting out our stuff and then she takes a machete to a reporter's uh, a head, neck, who just knocked on her door. You, you know, we went through weeks and weeks of stuff where they would, remember the, the black guy who was shot at, who turned down the wrong driveway? Now you knock on somebody's door, you get a machete to your neck, and nothing, I mean, the left is okay with this? The left is okay with this. They're absolutely okay with this. I, I know people uh, or I knew people on the left. I remember how they are. They are violent. And in fact, um, yeah, they will say something like I will punch somebody who, you know, I disagree with. I have heard that from the left. And they think she's a hero. When they watch this video, she's a hero. Oh, she stood up for, you know, women's rights or something like that. And uh, yeah, they will absolutely, they, they, they would love this woman. She is a perfect representation of the left. Wow, that's sad. And, and she is supposed to be, again, this is why we have DeSantis talking about all this stuff in education. Here she is, a professor at an institution, a college institution, and, and she's doing this type of stuff. I'm and not surprised yeah. at all. Yeah. And the reason she, the reason she could do it, you know, so nonchalantly as if as if it was okay, is because this happens many times across the country at other universities. So the culture is that what she's doing is supported and applauded, which is why she had absolutely no qualms about coming to that door with that machete. And actually, she chased the reporter down the street. Wow. With the machete. She has no qualms about it. She could do it because this is what has been supported and accepted. So she didn't even feel like she was doing anything wrong. Yeah. It's sad. It's scary. And this is why, you know, I said the country is really, we are at a crossroads. This election is probably the most important election of our lifetime. I think it's actually more important than 2020. I do. Because if Biden wins, he is going to use it and see it as a total 
um, acceptance of his policies, of what he's doing. And he's really going to start implementing and, and putting forth uh, things. So we have to we have to get the White House. We have to get him out. We do. We have to get him out. And I hope people realize that. Uh, moving that right, yeah. Moving right along to uh, Tim Scott. So um, Tim Scott has caught a lot of flack this uh, week. He, he announced also, he announced his candidacy for the Republican presidential uh, president, presidential uh, office. Uh, so again, Tim Scott um, basically came under fire this week from The View for failing to adhere to their standards for black political figures. So uh, Tim Scott of South Carolina said he is proud not to embody the substance or spirit of America's radical left. But on Monday, the day he announced his candidacy, Whoopi Goldberg of The View said the senator has Clarence Thomas syndrome. Um, and so, again, this whole idea of, you know, they, they've been hard on him since, what, 90. Uh, then during his announcement, Scott said, you know, he pushed back and he said, um, you know, I'm living proof that America is the land of opportunity and not the land of oppression. So uh, I don't understand this pushback against him for being positive. Um, what are your thoughts here, Shelly? It's not, it's not the pushback against him being positive. What it is, the fear, the worst fear that the left has is a black conservative okay because they will basically shut down every argument tim scott doesn't just represent black progress he is the epitome of american progress and upward mobility and he is the epitome of the american dream if you know his some of his backstory about his family and how he was raised so that he is an affront to everything those biddies at that view table talk about and believe he shuts them down just by his very existence yeah um i want to get your thoughts on this t you know is it now where um you know who is really demeaning black americans in this debate you know apparently racial pessimism is forever is this what we have going on here with black they have an issue with black people prospering <laughs> I think they have a, an issue with black people being free. They have an issue with black people being liberated. Let's take it a step further because that way they don't have the control over us. And once you see a black conservative, you understand that they're not following the narrative. They're not following this brainwashed oppressed system or narrative or whatever that they're creating or trying to create. And so, yeah, as Shelly said, that's the, that's the most dangerous thing. Yeah. As a black, especially a black man, right? Yeah, because he's not bowing down. Yeah, I mean, Yana, you know, Sunny came off and she said something. I don't have the actual quote, but she mentioned something about uh, him being one of few black people who have done well uh, in the United States, and so because he's one of few who have done well. Uh, then he shouldn't talk about there's no systemic racism because most black people are, don't turn out like him. Uh, that's ridiculous. Um, she's not talking. She's not even looking at statistics uh, such as uh, immigration uh, from different parts of the world and how well 
uh, black immigrants uh, do in America actually better than uh, Europeans. And uh, so she is not highlighting that. And what they're saying is something from 1984, the book about a dystopian society, uh, they do not so they're accusing these black people who are free thinking people uh, of thought crime. You, can, <laughs> you, you cannot have even a thought that it is possible to be successful in America. If you, right. have, if you're thinking that that's, that's a crime, there's, that's a no, no. So, and of course they need to, they need to stop it. They need to prevent that. So they're afraid that, Oh, some, some black people will hear Tim Scott and, and will, um, uh, will think, you know, otherwise, or will think that they're not oppressed. Yeah, I want to take a look here. This is clip number five, and this is a, a guy, YouTuber, who is who is upset, or who, who was upset with Republicans by pushing the whole idea of pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Take a look. All these black, now Gen Xers, boomers, and some of the millennials that are on this conservative shit are coming with the same argument. If black people just got their act together, there wouldn't be any more racism. You wouldn't, we would have all the things we need. And that's not true. And that's been so clear. That's been clear. That's that's so well researched. That's so well documented historically. Like, first and foremost, black people built communities in the in the image of Americana, in the image of capitalism. Black people built communities where they had shops and they had banks and they had all the things They had all the things they're supposed to have picked themselves up from their bootstraps historically for over a century in all across America. And what happened? White terrorism burned that shit down every time, every time. And it's not just Tulsa. Like if you go and you research black race riots, Every time, like literally, every, like if not 100%, a huge percentage of black wealthy communities over a 100-year period plus were burned and bombed by white terrorist mobs. That's number one to that whole bootstraps bullshit. Literally burned to the ground. So that's number one. So that happens consistently till about the 60s. All right. Um, so I want to get your thoughts on this, Shelly, uh, what he said. So now yeah. this is all due to uh, bomb white people bombing black yeah. people. First of all, there are no conservatives, at least none that I know of, who have ever said that if black people just do X, there will be no more racism. That is so that is such a distortion. And it's a lie. No conservative has said that. What we do say is that black people need to stop looking to white people to fix their problems. And just like black people built those communities Absolutely. to build our lives now, to build your families, build your communities now. Why you have to why do you have to rely on the government to take care of you or even the other politicians that claim that they're going to support you and care for you that's that's what we say conservatives don't don't say that there will be zero racism we don't deny that racism but we also say that racism or white supremacy is not is not the number one cause that's holding down black people black people are holding themselves down that's right. what we say yeah, what are your thoughts here, T, as far as what he said? I mean, are we really owed 
is this why um, we, you know, Black America is the state that they are in, we are in uh, due to uh, white supremacists burning down uh, Black neighborhoods throughout history? So, so we, yeah, that's the key word, history. <laughs> it's not current. It's not current times. And yeah, it happened. It happened, but those were different times then. And now Black people have Lexuses. They have whole communities that they live in. They have mansions. They have everything that I guess white people have. Is If that's the goal, if you want to have everything that white people have, because you set the standard. I always tell people white supremacy is only a thing if you make it a thing. Because otherwise, what is it? What is white supremacy actually? like? What? And so I, I feel like that black conservatives are the Harriet Tubman of today. And we not going to be able to save everybody because they want to stay slaves. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, what are your thoughts here, Yana? You know, based off of what he said, uh, I know you are a student of history. Uh, does he have any credibility? Uh, this is propaganda. What he is saying, it's 100% propaganda. Um, whenever you listen to somebody, you have to think, like, what is the purpose? Why is he saying all these things? So uh, that's what I think. Like, what what is his message, really? First of all, he all his pictures are old and black and white. So like, okay, we, we all we all know what happened. And he even mentioned it was happening up to the 1960s. Okay. And so right. things have happened to communities. It's unfortunate. So many, uh, there were uh, ethnic groups that have uh, suffered. Uh, and, um, but what, 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 is your, what is your message really right now? So what, you shouldn't uh, try to uh, pull yourself up? You shouldn't struggle? Uh, right. Plus about the, the, the riots, uh, what about 2020 when black businesses were being burnt? by uh blm supporters what about that <laughs> right let's talk about those riots huh <laughs> exactly and so this is another i'm sorry he's another marxist who wants uh, a revolution so he's gonna bring up some kind of old uh, pictures and to 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 have this uh, you know race he's a race hustler nothing else yeah yeah, I mean, if we wanted to be serious about evidence, we might compare where Blacks stood 100 years after the end of slavery with where they stood after 30 years of the liberal welfare state. Uh, so Thomas Sowell goes deeply into this. Uh, he wrote a piece back in 2014, A Legacy of Liberalism. He says, uh, we could compare hard evidence on the legacy of slavery with hard evidence on the legacy of liberals. Despite the grand myth that Black economic progress began or accelerated with the passage of the civil rights laws and war on poverty programs of the 60s, the cold fact is that the poverty rate among Blacks fell from 87% in 1940 to 47% by 1960. This was before any of those programs began. Then over the next 20 years, the poverty rate among Blacks fell another 18 percentage points compared to the 40-point drop in the previous 20 years. This was a continuation of previous economic trend at a slower rate of progress, not the economic grand deliverance proclaimed by liberals and self-serving Black leaders. Right. It's, it's true. And if you know anything about Thomas Sowell, he he talks about himself when he first uh, graduated from college or was in college. Guess what? 
he was a socialist. Mm -hmm. He he initially started out until he start he was working for the government. I think as a, a low level, whatever he called it, economic economist. Yeah, and he started actually doing some of the numbers and some of the work, and he started. Oh, his eyes began to be open, and so he talks about himself how he was going to that along that path until guess what? Duh, reality hit him, and he started learning the truth. Yeah. And he talks about the breakdown of the family, which we are seeing uh, rapidly right now due to this whole gender ideology. He says here, nearly 100 years of the supposed legacy of slavery found most black children, 78 percent, being raised in a two parent family in 1960. But 30 years after the liberal welfare state found the great majority of the black children being raised by a single parent, 66%. Public housing projects, all of this skyrocketed, you know, of course, within the 70s and 80s. And then we are here where we are today. But again, it goes back to what I feel is one of the number one issues, this gender ideology that we have going on now. And now it's indoctrinating and overcoming and tearing down our families and our, the systems that we need to kind of uplift black people, if you will, everyone really. Um, but now it's being discounted. Uh, so this stuff is it's important. And one thing I like about Thomas Sowell, you know, that guy that we showed the video of, he runs his mouth and he just talks. Thomas Sowell has the data to back it up. First of all, and, right. And that's what a lot of these leftists don't have. They just throw stuff out there and they say- They have feelings. Oh, they, they have feelings. Yeah, this is why, because of this, because of this. No, let's look at the data and see how that tells the story. That tells the true story most times. So, um, you know, again, and, and not only do they get on to on on, on uh, Tim Scott for that, but they, they pick on him due to his Christian background. Um, you know, just this week, uh, they were talking about uh, how, you know, he is a Christian. And I think a reporter made a comment. Washington Post political reporter uh, Ben Terrace tweeted, Tim Scott will be the first presidential candidate I've ever asked about the status of his virginity. A few years ago, lifelong bachelor Scott Cooley ter answered Terrace that the ship had sailed, but he insisted adultery was a sin. This is what Tim Scott said. So they asked him now, is he a virgin? How is that appropriate? It, it's not. And I hope he doesn't even respond. It's not. But again, the left, lewd, crude, debased, anything. And then he will say anything to particularly a black conservative because, again, he's an affront to them. Um, I want to address, I want to make one more point about that. The other clip, the guy, I don't even know his name on the YouTube. But he talked about being pulled up by uh, your bootstraps. But let me ask you this, black people in, in particular. Who's, who's supposed to pull you up? Whose bootstraps would you rather pull? be pulled? You should be pulling your own. Why is that such a, a dishonorable thing to do, to pull yourself out of, of poverty or whatever the circumstances may be? Why is that not a sign of resilience and honor and dignity? It's not a, a low state or something to be mocked. It is something to be applauded that you would have the wherewithal to do that for yourself and your family. Why would you want to lay around in the streets or wherever and wait for white person or whomever the government is that you want to blame to come and pull you up. Where's the dignity in that? 
Well, that's what they're upset about, that he's not blaming the government or racism or systemic uh, racism. They're upset. They think all black people should point that way. It's the government's fault. It's the white supremacist's fault. It's racism's fault. It's the gender, you know, men, the patriarchy's fault. It's all these other people's fault. They want to be, put the blame on, except for yourself. They don't want to see really strong people, really strong uh, anyone, yep. really, especially right. a strong black person, a strong black community. I, I mean, maybe that's a threat to, to, I mean, it is a threat to the left. You said it, Yana, because right now, socialist, Marxist, communist institutions of all over the world are using black people mm-hmm. as the example. So they, exactly. And so they people, won't be that, that face right. anymore. Right. You're right. You're right. Even the alphabet community, their, their, their struggle is on the backs of civil rights movement from when the black people had to struggle like for something that was not a choice. Every time you turn around, they are trying to lump black people with LGBT. Yep. Why? Why? Yeah. I, I don't understand it. But it's, it's, this, well, we know why. Because again, black people are the the pup the, the, the puppets. You know, the the um what do you call it? Uh, the pawns. The, yeah, the pawns. Yeah. Right. Right. So we do have to move on. We I want to acknowledge Krista. Krista, she is posted a super chat for us. So thank you so much. She says uh, we need this channel to be huge. We need you, ladies. I'd love to see anyone on the spew. <laughs> Try to debate you all. Yes, Krista. We enjoy having you on here every week. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, so and really appreciate that super chat. Uh, so, again, we are here every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Uh, live on YouTube, or you can go to our website at popandpoliticslive.com uh, for up-to-the-minute content. Again, we are a necessary voice in news and entertainment. All right, so last topic of the night. I uh, want to take it, you guys' thoughts on this video. Now, this is I want the ladies to really respond, ladies that we have watching. Uh, give me your thoughts on this. Any parents, you know what, fathers too, because I want to hear everybody's comments. Is this something you would have advised your teenager? Take a look. This is clip six. A 13-year-old daughter asks for a vibrator. What does that conversation look like? Or what are your thoughts around introducing? Give it to her. Yeah, for Amen. sure. Amen. It's birth control, <laughs> and it's natural, and it's normal. If I don't give it to you, you're going to go find one of these nasty, mm. dirty little boys, and they're dirty fingernails, and I just don't have time. Pleasure is peace. Maybe not give her, like, you know, the super, vi- super duper strong vibration. We don't need a broken... <laughs> by the age 18. Uh-uh. I've taught you guys. There's no broken. Hey, okay. You can't become desensitized. What are you guys' biggest takeaways, tips, or advice to mothers? Read our book. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to your own mother intuition. Find your own voice and follow that. Even the bad choices are important. You have to make the bad choices in order to learn. And your kids have to see you make bad choices. They start dating and they're like, no person is perfect, but my mother was perfect these little boys turn into men and vice versa and start judging their partners because their mothers portrayed this 
image of perfection that is not real. All right. Um, so you saw it. Uh, is that the advice you give your daughter, Yana? What are your thoughts there? I mean, the whole conversation is, is strange. So no, we, we, I mean, if I had a daughter, I would, and that is no, <laughs> like that is a private matter. That is something that uh, a person discovers on their own and parents, I don't think parents should get involved. That is just weird and, and creepy in my opinion. And that would be really creepy if you get your child a sex toy. That is just wrong. All right, what are your thoughts there, uh, T? Would you think it's something you should do, get get your kid a sex toy? I mean, I have daughters and I can't imagine. Yeah, we, we'll have conversations, but I'm definitely not giving them a sex toy at 13, at 17. <laughs> I mean, maybe on her at her bridal shower. Uh, think about it. Well, no, because then she'll have a husband about it. So, yeah, there's no point that I would give my daughter. <laughs> yeah, what are your thoughts? I want to get you in on this, Shelly. Um, is this a conversation you would have or, you know, encourage your 13-year-old to do? Let me answer that second. I have two points. I watched that clip a couple times and it just dawned on me this time. Those women, they hate men. And they're mm -hmm. setting up and training their daughters to hate men, number one, mm -hmm. because they are not explaining. And it doesn't seem like that they're explaining uh, a, a proper, healthy, good relationship between a woman and a man. Like T said, uh, you know, her daughter would be getting married, number one. Number two, no, I would not be giving my daughter or anyone else's daughter, um, uh, you know, that at least a daughter where I would be considered myself could be their mother or aunt. No, that is not proper. To me, it symbolizes a lot of our culture where adults are not distincting, are making distinction between themselves and children. They are equating themselves as if they are the child's friend and we're not. We are adults and they are children and there should be distinctions. So these women, these um, immature, I'll give them that, I'll call them nicely, immature, uh, foolish women are seeing themselves as their children's friend, their girlfriends, and they are not, they're not training them and teaching them. Well, well no, they are. They're teaching them that they hate men. That, that's basically what I can come to. They hate men and they want their daughters to hate men. Yes. So, that was my question. What is the goal here? You know, when, when it used to be a time where the goal was you, for your children to uh, to you know find a nice girl, you know, find a nice girl if you have a son, or find a nice uh, a guy if you have a girl, a girl, and get married and start their families. But now we have we have gone so far off the beaten path, where now the idea is. I'm an independent woman and I don't need a man. And so of course, if that is your thinking, then you would do that. You would you would gravitate, you would encourage. Right. So right. about this this situation, I think that if a, a, a child of 13 is even bringing that up and asking for something like that, they already have been exposed to too much. 
and they shouldn't be even thinking about a vibrator at 13 how do they even know about these things then they're probably really bored they don't have a, a lot going on in their lives so as a parent you should be keeping your your teenager occupied with uh, other healthy activities uh, sports art uh, school uh, whatever you know healthy mm -hmm. activities so they're not sitting there researching vibrators that's insane um and uh yeah so it's just and the parent in terms of sex sex sexual education a parent should warn their young uh children about some dangers that come uh, with a sex because they they don't learn these things right now they learned oh it's all pleasure and, and great but there's there's so many dangers and so they should be like you said teaching them about relationships and uh, and leading up to to marriage that should right. be the conversation right notice what they said uh one of the women said uh the dirty little boys or the dirty boys yeah. and then an another one made a comment about uh something about the p word being desensitized but they're giving their children young girls vibrators which means they don't need a man that you know it's, it's not this beautiful thing that you can share with your husband or you know if you had a son with your wife they they are they hate men and they are ruining the next generation unfortunately these women have reproduced so these are their children i feel sorry for them another thing i want to say is that most adults if you if you study look at teenagers most teenagers yes teenagers are goofy and they're crazy we all went through that stage right but most teenagers are modest. They are modest about their bodies. It's built in, right? So to be on TV or camera talking unless about- Unless they've been boxing, groomed. Unless they have already been groomed. Exactly. Unexposed, and like you said, Yana. And that's what I was going to say. Be on a camera, a 18-year-old. Do you know how embarrassing, that, how embarrassing that is? Right. But listen, remember we talked about this. So you had, I believe it was a director in Planned Parenthood and the left who pushed this ideology that babies, kids are sexual beings. So when you have this being pushed on them and they believe this, the left believes this, this is why they're pushing, you know, this in the schools. We had a book that I read earlier that they're pushing. That's, that one wasn't even the worst. You know, if you guys want to get a good picture of what they have in middle schools and high schools, look up gender queer. I saw that book and that thing will have your head twisting. I mean, they have, it's graphic. They have photos of men on men. Here's some of them. Yes. Uh, uh, boys and men doing se in sexual positions. I mean, it is crazy. And so again, so this is what they're getting in school. This is what they're getting in school. And, 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 and again, when you start to push alternative sexual lifestyles you talk about butt plugs and sex toys and and, and 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 all of this type of stuff you oh we have opened up pandora's box and it's no way to close it because now they have equated alternative sexual lifestyles to heterosexual sex which is really the goal was biology but the, the alternative sexual lifestyles don't have anything to do with biology because you can't make a baby out of it. You can't have make a baby one-on-one -on -one sex or same sex and all this type of stuff, but they're equating it. Now they will say these are equal. If 
not an alternative anymore. It's equal to heterosexual lifestyles and sex. And it's not. And that is why we need to push against it. It's not. And you know, their excuse to everything is the times have changed now. You have to get with the times. No, the times are, are messed up. The times are crazy. <laughs> the people are insane. They've lost their minds. I can't get with the delusion of, of this world. Yeah, I agree. And that's why we're doing this. This is why we're here uh, every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. to bring about sanity, to bring about um, just truth and facts. We have a new person that joined us tonight, Vintage Hunter. Uh, thank you so much for the super chat. Uh, Vincent says, I found your channel a month ago and haven't gotten over here for your live. Kudos to all of you for calling things as they are. It's called the truth. Yes. Plain and simple. Vintage is called the truth. Why are we running so far away from it? It certainly is. It certainly is. But this is what they do. And that's what we do. We, we expose the deception that you hear from the left, from the mainstream media. It's all deception and lies. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we are getting down to the end of our time. I want to um, open up our mailbag. <laughs> open it up. Yes. Yeah, so that's our mailbag. <laughs> so we Ew, I love it. Yes. So we have gotten mail from you guys, and we certainly appreciate you guys reaching out to us. We really enjoy reading all of the comments, all of the emails, uh, and the posts. Um, you know, we are you guys are like our, our another co-host on the show. We we all good girlfriends sitting around chatting about all of the craziness going on in the left. And so I want to just highlight a couple of these emails we've received. So let's see here. Uh, so Barbara, Barbara said, uh, this was, I think this was in response to last week, says, hello, lovely ladies. Lady, you need to follow Robert Barnes, the lawyer. Trump signed up a contract with Pfizer that was a guarantee to block the spread. So Pfizer lied. This will allow litigation. Also, DeSantis has been supported by establishment like Paul Ryan and Bush. So you need to dig a bit more. You cannot ban abortion. You must be in the middle like Europe. And I am pro-life. It would be a political suicide. Education values and self-respect are what need to be taught to women, taught to women so that <laughs> they can respect themselves and don and don't end up pregnant. All right. Uh, so she goes on here. But that is the gist of that. So thank you so much for reaching out, Barbara. And I hear you there about um, Paul Ryan and Bush supporting uh, DeSantis. But remember, Trump also supported Paul Ryan when he was in Congress. Trump endorsed Paul Ryan for speakership. So, um, I mean, this is politics and a lot of people, strange bedfellows go back and forth and one person endorsing one person one year and another point is endorsing somebody it's else. Politics. But endorse Paul Ryan for speakership. Um, so okay. we appreciate the, every comment. So that's that's some information that's important. Yes, it is. It certainly is. Uh, here we have Krista. We saw Krista tonight. 
She says, uh, hi, KJ. First, I have to say how much I love your show. Thank you. We love you, too. Thanks so much for chatting. She says, absolutely amazing, eye-opening, and important content and discussions that help to, to help explain what is happening. If it was not for shows like yours, I never would have been red-pilled. Me, too, Krista. I was red-pilled by Glenn Beck. So uh, it was a while ago. Uh, and still, I'd be left mindset. Not far left, but left enough. On this past Wednesday show, it was said that left should... It was said the left should watch, and I commented that the left needs to watch. All that being said, I am so very nervous, but wanted to ask, would you by chance like to interview me regarding why and how I became red-pilled? Absolutely, Krista. We would love to have you on the show. I think that helps people because one thing I do find is we all start at a place of on the left. It's just pre-programmed, most people, I think. And that's just because everything is pushed on us to be on the left, from news, from our social engagements, from uh, fashion, from culture. Everything is coming at us from the left. Well, so it takes a strong mind to be to think and look into it and say, this isn't right. Or, because uh, people want to support freedom. And we have been taught that the left supports freedom. That's what we... It's know, a distortion. That's what's the distortion, that they're yeah. for liberty, that they're for freedom. So, of course, as a you know person who is just trying to figure things out, they will gravitate towards you know these buzzwords until they really look into it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, so, uh, oh, we have another super chat, Dave. Thank you so much, Dave. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. We certainly appreciate it. We have to continue to support one another because independent media is where it's at. You know, we see now that these, uh, these large mainstream media platforms, even Fox, for goodness sake, are, are in bed with these corporate, uh, people and, um, and they're being... They're being bought and paid for, bought and paid for. Um, and so we want to stay independent and we thank you so much for your support to do that. So thank, thank you. you. All right. Uh, so that does it for the show tonight. Um, I want to give you last thoughts. Any last thoughts from you all? I, I want to start off with you, T. Any last thoughts you want to leave the audience or anything you want to just put out there? I I just want to offer, and, and I know, you know, it's one human race, but I just want to offer some, some encouragement to the Black conservatives who are still in hiding. There are plenty of us that are here, and we've been here, we've been around, we have some of the same thoughts. They may consider us white supremacists, I don't know, but we are here, and don't be afraid to come out. <laughs> come out of the closet or wherever we are. <laughs> Don't be afraid to come out and speak your truth since everyone else is. All right. Any final thoughts from you tonight, Yana, for the audience? 
Well, well uh, similarly, I want to say conservatives, people who have conservative values, don't be silent. If you do not like something, uh, speak up. If you if something's going on at your kid's school that you don't agree with, you have to speak up. Talk to other people. Uh, build connections. It's really important. Join groups. So don't be that silent uh, group, the silent, well, hopefully with the majority, but don't be silent. Be, be loud and be vocal. All right. And you, Shelly, tonight... Well, I want to say this. We are the revolution. I want to say that specifically to the view. I want us to be the lions at their table roaring down their raggedy throats. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, again, we are the revolution. We are the lions at the gate and we are not going anywhere. All right. Yeah, that does it then. Uh, my final thoughts would be, uh, you know, not only do we have to watch out on the left, but we have to watch out on the right too. Um, we have to stay sharp and stay vigilant and not only hear what people are saying on our side, but also look deeper as to why they are saying it. And does it make sense? Does it make sense? I mean, there's so much stuff going on right now, you know, in society and, and things like this. We have an election coming up. So, you know, we got to go through this primary first and we're going to be, be pulled all types of ways. Um, I say for primary voters on the right, go in sharp, research everything. And how can we win? How can we win? Because a battle is not a win. We need to win the war. We need to win the war. How are we going to get to the finish line and get that old man out of office and the cackling hen that tags along with him? How are we going to get them out? That is the key because there is so much on the line right now, so much on the line. We must defeat them. We must get them out. How do we win the war? Right. Like Ron DeSantis' tagline, America is worth it every time oh yes and power to the people fighter not the government power to the people not the government right <laughs> absolutely all right so that brings us to the end of the show thank you so much for watching continue the conversation by checking us out on youtube twitter facebook and instagram and subscribe that way you get up to the minute content when we post and we appreciate the support we are an independent media, and each time you subscribe, it helps make our voice that much stronger. We're on a podcast also, so you can listen to us while you're driving or while you're at work. Uh, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify under Pop and Politics. Again, we are a necessary voice in news and entertainment. You can again check us out on our website at popandpoliticslive.com. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, count your blessings and live a life of purpose. Good night. Bye.